Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans for fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. Hello, Brewer fans. Welcome back to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, uh, podcast number 168. I am your host today, Vince Travato, joined here on the set by the great man himself, Mr. Scott Bartell. Scott, how are you today? Uh, pretty good. Hard to believe we've done 168 episodes. Or actually, I don't think we have anywhere near that. But um, no, still, no, I just made up good. that number off the top of our head. That's the number that the interns gave me. But again, we didn't really verify or fact check that, so I, were, I don't know that that's the actual number. They were probably counting uh, from our uh, award-winning TV show as as episodes because it's kind of, you know, this is kind of an extension of that, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we run with it at least. Um, uh, uh, Scott, do we have Craig, uh, Craig or Chad here on the set with us today? Uh, we do not. Um, not sure. I'm not sure where they are, actually. I think they're both in church. That's Conf- got to be it. Yeah. Confessing okay. their sins. All right. Very well. Uh, well, we'll try to, try to tape uh, after the early service next week. But in any event... Um, Scott, let's get right into some Brewers baseball. The hot stove league is now officially upon us uh, as free agents have started to move around a little bit. Um, uh, former Brewers pitcher Will Smith has signed with the Atlanta Braves, which was, I think, the first big free agent signing with a new team this offseason. And uh, unfortunately, the second big signing was the Brewers losing uh, all-star catcher, yes, Monty Grandal, um, who had declined his portion of a, a mutual option and became a free agent. Uh, Yosemani signs with the White Sox, a four-year deal, about $18.5 million per year uh, in the deal. Um, Scott, uh, you know, obviously the, the thought is, you know, we, we're going we're gonna, to uh, regret probably losing Grandal, but would you have given Yosemani that type of contract for him to stay in Milwaukee? Um, no. I mean, sad, sadly, like, I, I mean, I really want us to return to the playoffs. I really, really do. But, like, I hate to say it, but when you're a small market, these are the kinds of um, contracts that uh, they they can get bad really quick. I mean, yeah, Zvani Grandal is, is phenomenal right now, but he's also 31, and you just don't know. I mean, so you're buying out, you know, he's going to be 35 when, you know, when maybe 36 when this contract ends. I mean, it's going to be uh, – probably not that great it, it it looks good it helps a little bit right now and uh the white Sox are a good young team with uh, very little payroll but um it would be very very difficult for us to to contend with that um, yeah i will say actually I, d- I did not post this on twitter but here's a fun fact so on this day in history um carlos lee spurned our uh four-year 48 million dollar deal uh, to sign a six-year, hundred-million-dollar deal with the Astros, and although I'm not yeah. necessarily going to compare the two apples to apples, uh, that's sort of kind of what happened here. I mean, I'm sure that the Brewers were offering something, and I'm sure it was it was probably closer than that. I mean, that's a fifty-two million-dollar difference, but um, I'm not sure that the Brewers were going to offer you as money four years. It was probably something like two or three, and you know, he took the money and uh, he bet on himself last year. Uh, with this $1 million deal, it paid off for him. Like, tip your cap to him. He deserves it. Yeah. Well, don't forget, at least in the Carlos Lee deal, we got Kevin Mench back in a trade with the Rangers before he signed that deal. But um, 
but yeah, with Yasmani, you know, two things I think kind of stand out. Uh, number one, well, besides the fact that the White Sox are, you know, kind of at that cusp of, a, of being a good young team uh, on the upswing, I think. Um, but, you know, number one, they're an American League team. So Yasmani in the last year or two of that deal can definitely switch over, play more first base. He can play more DH. Um, and obviously the DH uh, is an option the Brewers simply can't present to a guy like Yasmani, who's, you know, like sure. you said, 31 years old, playing a very tough position. So um, I think that that was one of the factors why the Brewers maybe didn't want to go to that extra year um, that Chicago did. Um, you know, but but overall, I, I think that the dollar amount was still a little high, too. I mean, he had some great production last year, high, very high on base percentage, uh, pretty good defense. But this is still a guy that just hit 248. I mean, I, I don't want to deny the fact that he's a great ball player. He was an all-star. He definitely helped to carry that team in the second half. Um had a great season, but you know, whether or not he's worth that kind of money, I don't know. Uh, the other factor is the White Sox have not spent much on payroll in the last few years. So they probably had a, you know, a significant amount of, of dollars kind of waiting to be spent when they were getting to this level of talent or, uh, uh, as a team. So I think that that's the other factor, whereas the Brewers have been consistently spending money for the last two or three seasons as well. Last year being uh, the team's highest payroll in, in club history. Yeah, and if you're going to make a big uh, free agent splash like like the White Sox did, and they also followed that up by uh, signing Jose Abreu as well. But if you're going to do it, um, you may as well go out and get whoever is the best free agent at that position, and that's definitely Grandal. I mean, there's really nobody else that even compares to him. So if you're looking at the free agent market, uh, if you're the Brewers and you say, how can we replace Grandal's production uh, via free agency? Well, unfortunately, you can't. So – what you're going right. to have to do is is basically look look elsewhere, look at some of the other holes in our lineup, and, and try to try to get some of it some other way. Um, as you were saying before about uh, Grandal switching and moving to first, obviously, um, or or possibly DH. True, we cannot offer DH. Although I wouldn't have been surprised if we if we did offer, let's say, a similar contract if Grandal would have spent the bulk of his his last two years of that deal at first base. Uh, having said that, though. Again, with being a small market, when was the last time the Brewers invested a lot of money in first base? That's a position where you can platoon that and you can get a lot of production out of two players uh, versus you know, having to invest so much money into it like they would have wound up doing with Grandel. Yeah, and but you did bring up another point, too, I wanted to get to first, like we talked about in our pre-production, our extensive pre-production meeting. Um Manny Pena is now the starting catcher for your Milwaukee Brewers again, barring some other move by David Stearns. Do you think that Stearns is, is going to target one of the remaining catchers in free agency to, to platoon with Pena? Is he looking for a possible trade for another catcher? Um, as it stands, if tomorrow's opening day, our backup catcher is probably Jacob Nottingham with David Freitas still in the organization. Um, both guys did get some big league experience last year, but Manny Pena played 76 games last season and his high in game total played is 107 and that was back in 2017 um what do you think that the brewers are planning on doing in catcher now that yasmani is gone um absolutely nothing against uh, those options but i don't see any of those three uh being a great starting catcher for this wonky brewers team so i don't think that that's necessarily the answer however um it, it kind of reminds me of like when you're in fantasy baseball and you're just like, I really need this. I really need this. I really need this. And then all of a sudden you realize that all the catchers, like all the good catchers are off the board. And you're like, well, I guess I'm going to punt that position and then see, you know, what's left at the end and try to get a bargain basement deal. 
Um, hate to say it, but like that's sort of what kind of happened to the Brewers. Like right now, there's there's just not. I mean, who's the best free agent catcher out there right now? Like there are options that are definite upgrades, but uh, they're not going to come anywhere near the production of Grandal, um, Jason yeah. Castro. What do you think about like a yeah, Castro or Darnold? I, I guess would probably be the top yep. two. I would I would think. Yeah, if if you want to take a, an absolute flyer on like a Francisco Cervelli, you could do that, but it's not worth it to me. Yeah, yeah. I, so, do you think that the Brewers might explore something via trade or or go with one of these options? I mean, I could see them going with a a, a fairly strict platoon type situation. You know, just because Manny hasn't caught you know 150 games in a season, and nor does hardly anybody. Um, you know, in this day and age in baseball. So I tend to think, I tend to think that the Brewers are going to go for some sort of soft, you know, a, a platoon situation with, with Manny and somebody else that they bring in uh, rather than relying on Nottingham or Freitas. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, the, the only other names out there, if you, if you want to throw out former Brewers just to do it, um, I don't think either of these are the answer, but uh, former Brewer Martin Maltonado and, uh, also, Stephen Vogt are both uh, going. They're obviously free agents as well. Um, as is as is Jonathan Lucroy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then um, I ha- have to actually throw this one out there. I know he's a huge. Uh, I know Craig is a huge fan. Russell Martin uh, could be oh, yeah. <laughs> could be an option too. I, uh, I I think that they patched things up. I know that uh, Craig and Russell almost got into a fist fight at a bar in Chicago in 2008, but. I think it's, you know, the decade rule applies and I'm sure those two still send each other Christmas cards and talk. And um, so, yeah, but that, that did actually happen. <laughs> who, who, uh, who instigated that by the way? Craig. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you know, in a, in a roundabout way, I mean, Craig started to talk to Russell and Brad Penny about uh, who won the game that day and Craig was, or who was winning the game, I think was the exact question. And, uh, I think Craig was referring to the hockey game that was taking place on TV and Russell and Brad Penny assumed that they, that Craig was asking about the Dodgers and Cubs game, which had taken place at Wrigley Field that day. So it was, uh, I think just a miscommunication that Russell did stand up. Craig was standing up. I had to jump in. Brad Penny had to jump in. It was a situation. Oh, wow. Well, you know, I still like it more than Johnny Estrada, I guess. But... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's, he, Russell, I mean, I think the underlying factor was Russell recognized the Whammy Award-winning television host for a, an opposing team. I mean, that's that's where it came down to. Yeah, that's what happens, because, like, then it's like you kind of have this weird rule where it's like, uh, you know, no face shots because he's not sure, like, if Craig's going to be, like, doing video interviews or something like that coming up. So, um, you know, the, you, ha- you kind of have some of those rules apply. Um, but, yeah, getting back to catchers, uh, I – if you're asking me what I would do, I would um, I, I'd try to sign Jason Castro. He's already 33, and I'd try to sign him to like one or two year deal for for the cheap. Yeah, I, I think. Wait a minute, guys. Are, you, are you telling right, me the Brewers sign Russell Martin? No, no. We were just talking. Scott brought him up as an option, and then we were talking about your mere fist fight with Russell when we were at that bar in Chicago in in '08. Yeah, that guy's career is over. There's no sense in dealing with him. <laughs> he also has so a really Craig, short fuse, so. 
Craig, we were just talking about Usmani, unfortunately, signing with the White Sox. Um, I guess if you want to hop in quick, what are your thoughts, number one? And number two, what do you think the Brewers are going to do now for, for catcher in 2020? Well, I wasn't ex- – I, I will be honest, I wasn't expecting the Brewers to sign Yasmani uh, just because I knew he'd get a three- or four-year deal, and that's exactly what he got from the White Sox. Four-year deal, and to be quite honest, so is that a, a salary that I wish – that I wouldn't have wanted the Brewers to match anyways. Um, he did have a great year for us last year, but if the Brewers had any interest in – Signing him in some multi-year deal, they could have done that last off-season since he wasn't getting the offers. Um, and it's unfortunate. I don't think anyone expected him to have as good of a year as he did last year. Um, but with that being said, I guess it's time to move forward. I, am, I guess I'm kind of glad he didn't stay in the NL, especially in the NL Central. There were some rumors the Reds might be interested in him, so that's fine. Wish him well on the White Sox, whatever. But um, as far as um, the Brewers' catching plans, um, well – I mean, wasn't uh, Manny Pena our starter just two years ago? I don't know. We could go back that route, but most likely we'll be signing some type of a catcher or trading for one. Um, scanning the free agent list of catchers is not very uh, inspiring, to say the least. Right. Um, but uh, I, I kind of expect the Brewers maybe sign a veteran-type catcher to possibly put Pena. with Pena. Um, and go from there, but um, I guess I'll throw out the one name on the list I saw that I was slightly interested in because he was at least um, closer to 30 than 35, I believe, and that was Jan Gomes. Um, but um, yeah. of, a lot of guys on the list were, um, you know, in that 33 to 36 range that I saw, and kind of <laughs> who knows? I don't think there'll be anyone, anyone groundbreaking or someone with a ton of upside because they're just not. In existence unless the Brewers are looking looking for a trade. So, um, unfortunately, I'm sure Stearns had Jacob Nottingham in mind when he made that trade a couple of years ago um, to finally step forward at this time and become a starting catcher for the Brewers. He's not there yet, but maybe it will never be. So, that's unfortunate. And uh, I guess uh, the under-the-radar trade they made to get Manny Pena, which, if I'm not mistaken, was his very first move as a DM, I believe, um, has turned out to be pretty valuable. Yeah, we were just discussing. I, I don't think that Scott or I were uh, – either one of us, I don't think we're comfortable with the idea of Jacob Nottingham or David Freitas being, um, you know, Pena's primary backup. And um, I tend to agree, guys. I think we're going to go into, uh, like I said earlier, a platoon situation. Um, my, if we're going to guess names uh, – Scott, you said Castro, right? Yeah, sure. Why not? I'll, I'll, I'll guess Travis Darnode. Um, Craig, are you going to run with Jan Gomes as your guess? Yeah, I like Travis. Um, definitely. And he is one of the only catchers on the list. I think he was still under 30. I think he was like 29 um, or so. So, yeah, definitely. I think he still has some upside. Obviously, he didn't really pan out totally with the Mets, but did have a nice year at the Rays last year. Still has a little bit of upside and We'll see what happens. Yep, yep, sounds good. And and who knows, David Stearns has got this ability to surprise everybody who tries to make predictions. So um, no matter what we say about these guesses, I guess that the, uh, the chances of David Stearns pulling off some sort of a trade is uh, also there as well. 
Um, my interns um, just handed me a note that said that there are no notable free agent catchers under 30, but that Grandal and uh, Travis Darnot were uh, uh, the youngest at 31. Okay. okay. Well, thanks, for the, thanks for the interns, even though we just finished, uh, finished the discussion, but great. Um, yeah. Better late than never, in, so they say. Yeah, Usually they never with everyone. their interns. Interns are terrible. Yeah. That's what they tell us every single week, but okay. <laughs> um, guys, do we think that the Brewers are going to use the money that, now that we're not spending on this money, Grandal, to re-sign Mike Moustakis? Or do you think that we're going to prioritize somebody else that's a current free agent from the Brewers, Jordan Lyles, Drew Pomeranz, one of those guys? I think, obviously, we have to sign Anthony Rendon and uh, steal him from uh, the Washington Nationals after they stole that wild card game from us. It's kind of the best uh, kind of the best thing that we can do. Uh, but, no, I, I do actually think that um, with Rendon and Donaldson are going to be like uh, – Josh Donaldson are going to wind up being like uh, the pace setters, I guess, so to speak, with, uh, with the free agent third base market. And I think whoever loses out on them is probably going to wind up overpaying for a guy like Mike Moustakis, and that might just price us out of it. So we'll see what happens. Well, but... well, well, here's a question. Would you guys rather have Anthony Rendon on a four-year deal or hypothetically Josh Donaldson on a two-year deal? More, but for more money. Uh, anyway. I take Rendon. He's only, he's only 30 and uh, – uh, I mean, he was just a beast last year. He was probably, what, third in MVP running. Yep. Craig? Yeah, obviously, Rendon is more of a pipe dream for Brewers at this point. Obviously, he'd be the player at age, and given he, I believe, so much like third in MVP voting. So, um, definitely wouldn't choose him, but uh, don't expect it, that's for sure. Yeah, I think Donaldson's going to get, uh, you know, another shorter deal like he did last year with the Braves. Um, yeah, maybe a maybe a two-year deal this year instead of a one-year deal. But, you know, he can maximize on his on his uh, annual value by taking these shorter deals, a little bit like Yasmani did last year, but we'll see. I, I don't know. The third base market's a little interesting because they've got, you know, Rendon, Donaldson, and Moustakis. So there are quite a few options out there. Yeah, and if you if you lose out on all three of them, the next the next two options coming up are going to be um, uh, Azrabal Cabrera, and then uh, Brewer Killer Todd Frazier. So um, neither one of those are, are going to put up the production uh, of any of the three above them. Not even Masakis, but um, they're they're options, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I guess at this point it's the week of Thanksgiving. Uh, if we had to make guesses here on the set today, um, what are we thinking is going to be the Brewers' next move? Overall. doesn't have to be a specific player, but a position that we we're going to address or um, it could be a specific player, whether it's a trade or a free agency signing. Uh, Craig, we'll go to you first. What do you think that we're going to do first this offseason? What do you think we'll do first? Um... I don't know if they – I think they just have an off-season wish list, and there's no necessarily one they're going to target first. If Grandel – I mean, there was rumors that they were interested and they did offer a Grandel deal. Obviously, it wasn't uh, enough to land him. So, I would assume they would just go down the list and 
I do believe that there are some mutual interests of Mike Moustakis coming back. Um, and so with the Brewers jettisoning uh, fans on top of also having basically not be able to count on um, Travis Shaw going into next year at all, um, in my opinion, I think those are two pretty big, uh, you know, positions where you need offense from, especially we lost offense from our catcher spot now, almost no matter what happens at this point, we're not going to have someone as valuable as Grandel in that position. So that's a lot of offense right. you got to recoup. You can't afford to not have offensive performers on the corners at first and third either. So with that being said, um, looking at the free agent list, they're not all that awe-inspiring at first and third either. I mean, there's someone like Justin Smoke maybe at first base, but I don't trust him. He is left-hand hitter. But, I mean, when you really get down to it, I'd much rather have a sure thing in the socket than his bat at third. Um, unfortunately, with the birds playing him at second base rather successfully last year, I think he's opened up the, his market for teams possibly even considering using him that there or even just wanting the flexibility of a player like that. I'm sure he's going to get offers that we're going to, you know, if they're, they're serious about wanting him back, they're probably going to have to offer him a pretty strong for your offer. Um, that's probably the, I would guess that that's what their next thing on their checkoff list is. So if that happens, I don't know, but I'll, I'll just go with they, if they somehow find a way to re-sign Moustakas and that's the next big news. All right. Scotty? Um, I was thinking, you know, with – with us being, what, about two weeks away from the winter meetings, I thought, what kind of trade would we actually be able to pull off? But, you know, I, I think about it, and I'm like, um, I don't even know who we are going to be – like, what trade chips do we even have at this point? Like, I don't know. I mean, I, Yeah, I just, and it's interesting. I, yeah. It's no, frustrating. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Um, we already traded Chase Anderson for a double-A – you know, player. I'm not sure. Um, I guess in theory, Orlando Arcia might still have some trade value, but then you really have to plug another hole at shortstop. Uh, you know, Mauricio Dubon was obviously traded last summer, so it seemed like the organization made a decision to go with um, Arcia for the foreseeable future at shortstop. Um, there were some rumors out there that the Brewers were interested in bringing Gene Segura back and possibly winding up in a trade with Philadelphia. I had seen that the last couple of days, but no idea how true that is. Um, there are free agent shortstops like Didi Gregorius from the Yankees, but, um, you know, so then that makes Arcia expendable, but that's again, a, a, probably a pretty hefty investment to get a guy like Didi, I would think as well. Yeah. For whatever reason, I, I think Brewer fans are hopeful that the Brewers are going to target a shortstop to upgrade from Arcia, but given their massive holes at first and third and now catcher, I have a feeling that the Brewers are probably going to stick with RC at least one more season um, yep. so they can focus them. But with that being said, you never know. Um, in terms of surprises before, I, like we didn't see the ground out signing happen last year. So if, uh, who knows, if Didi's price is there and uh, he thinks it's an upgrade, then so be it. But um, I'd be shocked by that, but it's definitely a possibility. But I still think, Orlando Arcia is our starting shortstop to opening day 2020. Yeah. Um, did we get any, any you know, uh, kind of background on this topic from our anonymous source, Tom Carter, the time who works in the Brewers ticket office? Um, Tom actually told me, and I guess this is why uh, I had 
a little bit trouble answering that question. To answer the question, I guess, I'm just going to say that we're going to pick up some, like, random person to fill up on, like, our 40th man roster or something like that that could play, like, probably multiple infield positions and might be left-handed. It's just going to be, like, a random person who might not even be on the opening new roster because right now we're just kind of turning the roster, like, just churning and – Whatever gets dropped yeah. off, we pick up. I think we only have like 33 people on our 40 man roster right now, but um, yeah, maybe, maybe, well, it's harder and harder now to kind of grab somebody and keep them on, like with the rule five or something like that. Um, well, well, speaking of, speaking of that, guys, the Brewers did, um, and what I would think is a little bit of a surprise, they did add Corey Ray to the 40 man roster uh, recently. Yeah. Um, Brewers number one draft pick in what year, Craig? 2015, I want to say. Um, Corey struggled pretty bad again last year in AAA and had a good season the year before that uh, in AA. He did battle some injuries. He still has, you know, they say, you know, three, four of the five tools that uh, top prospects right out as. Um, were you guys surprised to see Corey Ray added to the 40 man big league roster? Um. I personally was not surprised, although I um, was very surprised that we uh, left Zach Brown off the 40-man, and he's going to be susceptible to getting picked uh, in the Rule 5 draft. But Corey Ray, no, I mean, yeah. he's drafted so high. I mean, he, he had a bad year last year. He's Basically, every year he's been with us, he's been bad, save for two years ago. Um, and that was, like, his supposed kind of breakout season. Last year, he was battling injuries a lot, so – uh, maybe that had something to do with it. Um, but, yeah, no, it makes perfect sense to to protect him and add him to the 40. Yeah, I mean, definitely not surprised by them protecting Corey because of the fact that he was drafted so high. He's got that pedigree. I don't think they would want to give up on him yet. I mean, they were probably thinking of the same thing last offseason when they were, you know, decided to protect uh, – Trent Grisham and um, you know obviously we see how that panned out so you never know um, something in play for Corey Ray this season and because of his talent and his pedigree uh, I, I think that was probably a solid decision I was a little surprised they didn't protect Zach Brown just because they had so many 40 man open spots to do so but they really I, I think Stearns really wants that flexibility of filling those spots um, going forward doesn't want to waste the 40 man and I think that he believes that he will not, not get selected in the Rule 5 draft because he's so just not ready. If he does get selected, as fans know, he would have to stay on the major league roster of the team selecting him for the whole season. If he were to do that, he doesn't strike me as a bullpen arm, and I don't see any team outside of maybe like the Marlins drafting him and actually sticking him in the rotation for the whole year. So I think even if he were to get picked, I think Stearns is probably confident that he'd end up back on the Brewers regardless. So I think he won't get picked and he'll stay in the organization. So there's some risk there, but Totally, probably worth taking the risk and not protecting him. Not yeah, and Zach, yeah, and Zach Brown, you know, he had a, a really good track record in the minor leagues until last season. He really, he really put up some awful numbers last year in AAA. I mean, that being said, it was the PCL. It's generally a tough, very tough league for pitchers. So, um, I don't know if we're worried about Zach Brown's development if he does stay with the organization um, because of the numbers last year or not. But yeah, it certainly had a rough year last year. Yeah, and the funny thing about this, um, both Zach Brown and Corbin Burns are drafted out of college the same year, I believe in the fourth and fifth rounds. Um, 
and of that draft, and they were both expected a little bit higher, and they're successful college pitchers, but obviously we're seeing now why they dropped a little bit in the draft, where they were able to get them. Um, they've had some issues, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens going forward, but I'm hopeful that he doesn't get selected and he stays in the organization for sure. I still believe that he's got some talent there, you know, yeah. they can come through at some point. Well, very good, guys. Um, Scott, let's move on then to uh, to Twitter. Do you want to give a report on all the work that your social media interns did on social media this week? Um, did we do that much work? I don't know. No, I um, let's see. Let me know. If, out there? Let me know if I forget anything. But um, I do know that uh, it's going to be announced in about two weeks whether or not uh, Ted Simmons. He's been trying to get in the Hall of Fame now for like the last thirty years, but um, it looks like he's got another shot at it and it's going to be announced December 8th. And so we were kind of talking about it a little bit and threw up a poll. Like, do, do you think Ted Simmons, former brewer catcher, uh, should be a hall of famer? And right now Twitter is pretty split. They need, he needs like to garner 75% of the votes uh, on Twitter. He is not doing that. He only has 66% of the votes, uh, but we'll see how that goes. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you consider, do you consider Ted Simmons a hall of famer? I mean, the guy has a 285 lifetime batting average, a 348 OBP, um, 248 career home runs as a catcher. Not bad at all. He, um, his season high in home runs was 26 home runs with St. Louis in 1979. He was definitely on a lot of good teams. Um, he was a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight-time All-Star, um, and his numbers do compare favorably with guys who are in the Hall of Fame, guys like uh, catchers in the Hall of Fame, like Gary Carter. Um, so from that perspective, yeah, I think that he's got better numbers than older Hall of Fame catchers as well, guys like Ernie Lombardi. Um, so given the fact that he ranks fairly well amongst his peers who are in the Hall of Fame, and with a nudge the fact that I'm biased because he played for the Brewers for five seasons, I'll say yes on Ted Simmons. Well, I mean, if there is any bias there, he did play with the Cardinals for like, I think 12. So maybe that would be like a kind of a take some of that bias away. Give a negative bias toward that. Yeah, Yeah, right. Yeah, I think Gary Carter is a pretty good comp for his numbers and from the area he played in. And he probably should just sneak in. Um, We'll see what happens. But he's such one of those on the fence guys that I wouldn't have a. Feathers ruffled one way or another if he was kept out. Um, it's just unfortunate there's got to be a, a line at some point. And I would kind of like the Hall of Fame to be somewhat, uh, you know, say exclusive as we move forward in the future and whatnot. Um, but like, like, uh, like, like Harold, Harold Baines. Baines exclusive. <laughs> yeah, I was not. Uh, I don't know if we did talk about that, but I don't think that he'd ever get in. And that was, uh, Cliff Hall of Fame by Ryan Sarf to get him in as like a um, lifetime uh, reward for Ryan Sarf and his uh, being on the committees of all that throughout, you know, wow, behind and, the scenes of baseball. And Tony LaRusa too, Craig. LaRusa was on that committee. LaRusa managed him in Chicago and then brought him to Oakland, if you remember, uh, in like 89 or 90. And yeah. he, he played LaRusa twice at two different points in his career. Yep. So plenty of guys, uh, you know, playing politics from behind the scenes got made that happen. I hope that doesn't continue to happen um, going forward. But 
Is what it is. Guys, I know our, our, our intern sent out a, a distribution list in our pre-production meeting. Um, you guys saw the rest of the ballot for the Hall of Fame this year. Um, who would you guys be voting in outside of the Veterans Committee? You saw the list of names that were submitted for, um, you know, vote by the writers this year. Um, I'll just throw it out there. I, I would say Derek Jeter for sure uh, on my ballot. And uh, Ted Simmons would be my two picks this year. What do you guys think? I'm going to say that Derek Jeter becomes only the second player in history besides Mariano Rivera, unfortunately, both Yankees, to get in as unanimous votes. He'll be the only player uh, for, you know, on the first ballot to get in. And I believe – I'm just going to throw out there that I, I think Dale, Dale Murphy will get in, and I think they deserve to. I'll just go with those two guys as the only, only inductee this year. Scotty? Yeah, I I did actually hear where some people were only voting for Derek Jeter because they wanted him to be, quote, in a class of his own, so he would be the only one as part of that Hall of Fame class. And this is why writers are effing stupid. Like, they're so dumb. Who comes up with that? Like, you're going to actually say, oh, well, it's, um, yeah, let's uh, give, give this prestigious honor to Jeter while screwing over, like, other people who deserve it. Dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I agree. And let's let's point out that Babe Ruth was inducted in a class with four other people. So, yeah, kind of ridiculous. And I was I don't know who the baseball writers were back in that era, but uh, I would like to know who did not vote for Babe Ruth. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure they all did. But uh, yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, I know Tom Hardcore is a pretty old crossfield man, yeah, right. but he he didn't have a vote back then, I assume. So. Maybe his dad uh, worked as a prospect then or something. I don't know. Our colleague has been doing it for a long time, guys. Um, so, no, I, I, you know, I don't know. Who else would you put on or who else would you vote in then, Scott? Uh, might be a little controversial, but uh, I think Schilling sneaks in. Yeah. Uh, are you saying controversial because of his post-career activities or stuff that happened during his I, I think I think his um, – I think what he does, uh, what he's done on paper, like all of his stats, um, pitching in big games, being a, a workhorse for his team for the better part of a decade, um, makes it right there. Yeah, but I think he's going to lose some votes because of, yeah, anything he's done uh, post post uh, career. Yeah, let's hope it. You know, let's hope it's not a political thing. I don't want to see the Hall of Fame politicized like that. I, you know, if he gets in, it should be on his merits as a player. Um, he didn't cheat. As far as we know, there was no scandal attached to his playing career, unlike guys like Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens. So, you know, I'm hoping that we can leave the, the political stuff out of it at this point. I, I, you know, I, think, he's border, I, think, I think he's borderline. But... Yeah, it's close. Right. I just wanted to throw out there one other kind of tidbit. I'm I, less than a week away from the team. Uh, non-tender deadline where it's the last uh, deadline for them to tender players a contract um, that are arbitration eligible. And uh, for some reason, I really think that Stearns is going to target um, free agents that aren't currently on the free agent list that uh, possibly don't get tender contracts um, by teams here. Um, and look, one guy that I'm kind of curious about that I'm a huge fan of on the Diamondbacks who might get non-tender and that'd be a, uh, Jake Lamb, who's a left-handed hitter, like still young enough, and plays first and third, which is kind of a need for the Brewers. 
both a left handed bat and also the first and third uh, ability. So I'm kind of rooting for the Diamondbacks not to offer him a contract. So he's out there for the Brewers to possibly check into or a player kind of like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's kind of this like out of left field move by Stearns here in the next, uh, you know, next month or so. And I, I, I truly believe he's going to target someone who's, you know, still young player, maybe non-tendered by another club. Yeah. I, uh, you know, Lamb's got some talent. He didn't, you know, I think he hit like in the one nineties last year, but you know, yeah, there's, there's still those, those potential types of moves. I wouldn't predict anything specific though, Craig, because you know, if you do that, you're going to jinx the chance of it ever happening. Right. I think it it would be like a, (laughs) definitely a, a, a great move and a great fit for this ball club. Should that happen? Uh, but speaking of jinxes, um, I don't know if we mentioned it on the podcast, but I know that we you had mentioned it among ourselves. Um, Vince, you'd thrown out like if we were uh, going to consider anything with uh, Gerald Cotton, um, and it looks like he just signed with the Cubs. So <laughs> he got traded there. He got traded within oh. that ten day window on the DFA or the seven. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he basically got bought for cash. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I was just throwing out names out there, guys that were kind of interesting. He had a really good season. I think it was 2017. And then he battled a lot of injuries and didn't have that great of a year last year when he did come back. But yeah, I, you know, just throwing out names at this point in the off season. And as Craig mentioned, we're going to see that list expand and, and get a little bit bigger as, as teams non-tender guys. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what shapes up for the next couple of years. So, um, Scott, do you want to give our uh, social media accounts a plug here before we wrap this podcast up? Um, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, at BrewCrewView1 for uh, Twitter. And then after that, I mean, you know, if you just look up BrewCrewView, just about anywhere you'll find us on, you know, Facebook. If you want to, like, listen to our podcast, you can find it just about anywhere. But you can also find it on YouTube, like, if for whatever reason you wanted to listen to it there. Pretty much do whatever you want. But uh, if you want to submit us questions, usually through Twitter is the best way to do it. We will definitely bring it up uh, on our podcast and answer all of those. Should be a very exciting couple weeks as the hot stove heats up. Uh, again, our anonymous source, Tom Carter, said that um, there's only a handful of players that we're going to be aggressive toward trying to sign and that uh, Stearns is going to be kind of laying in the weeds, waiting for the moment to strike. Um, but he says he's expect it to be kind of a slow going uh, process. Like he's going to take his time and try to wait out some of these people and get some good deals as well. So. And, and thanks to Tom there. on that. If, yeah. Thanks to Tom on that. If you're trying to reach, uh, if, if you're a listener wanting to reach Tom and get some inside tips, you can reach him at uh, anonymous source, Tom Carter at brewcrewreview.com. We sent that up. Uh, set up that email for them and then uh, you can reach us at brew crew review podcasts with an s at gmail.com awesome um all right guys well craig thanks for joining us after church here today uh and thanks to chad for all the work that he does with the show Patty, thanks for the insight um uh, i'm looking forward to talking baseball with you guys next week i wonder if chad didn't hop on because he had like a particularly um, bad weekend and was like, I have to go to church twice. Like, doesn't, he sing, doesn't he sing in the choir too? Uh, I think he was a handbell choir. 
Yeah. He it's said he bad. wanted that hand job. He's a bad, yeah, bad liturgical dancing. Um, so good. Good for him. <laughs> so, um, I know that Chad on right, Thursday um, posted something about going to see uh, that Men's Surrounded movie about Welcome to My Neighborhood or whatever it's called. Uh, and I know that whatever happened between now and today made him go to church life, so something bad definitely went down in Chad's life. You just never know. All right, guys. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to our show. We'll look forward to talking to baseball with you next week. In the meantime, stay classy, Wisconsin, and go Brewers. Go Brewers. Go Brewers. Stay classy.